0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hey everyone, I am so excited to be with you here to start this new series called Heaven and Holiness. This series is gonna be about us being able to distinguish the difference between what leads us to heaven and what leads us to living in holiness. Now, these two things might sound very similar, but knowing the difference between the two could change your life. So let's jump, jump into this. So these days, as I'm sure you all know, we're dealing with a global pandemic and some factions of this country being more divided than they have been in a very, very long time. But about 22 years ago, there was a threat looming that people could not stop talking about. It was called Y2K. Now, for those of you that don't know or forgot, the issue was all about computer programming. Yeah, computer programming. Now, what happened is that back in that time, storage for computers was insanely expensive. It was about $100 per kilobyte. Now, to give you perspective, the lowest level of storage in the new iPhone 13 will have 128 gigabytes, which means there's about 128 million kilobytes in the lowest level iPhone. So trying to buy the amount of storage that is used on the lowest level of iPhone back in the 90s would have bankrupted like states and countries around the world. Now with that being said, computer programmers did everything they could to save every scrap of storage paste they possibly could. So programmers represented four digit years with only two digits, right? So the year 2000 would look exactly the same as 1900, which would be double zero. Now, this doesn't sound like a huge deal for most things, but for a handful of industries like medical care, telecommunications, generated power, and finance, this was a huge deal. With this, people were worried that the Y2K bug would bring all of those industries crumbling to the ground and it would cause the world to halt, to stand still, and basically like all kinds of craziness would break loose. And there were people that were saying that this might be the end of the world. The word apocalypse was being thrown around. for, for us now on this side of Y2K, we might laugh at the idea that people thought it was the end of the world. But for me, at that time, a little freshman in high school, there was, this was a very real thing. There were a bunch of really smart people saying to like, get ready for the end. And I kept on imagining all the, the craziness that could happen, like all the bombs going off everywhere and, and all kinds of craziness. Like to be honest, I was worried that something might happen to my family. I was worried that something might happen to my friends. I mean, I was worried that like, the world would come to an end before I could even like, get behind the wheel and drive. But mainly, I was worried I might die. And the reason I was so worried I would die was because I didn't really know what was going to happen after I died. Like, where would I go? I mean, I was a good kid, I was nice to people, but sometimes I might like, lie. Or sometimes I might have done the wrong thing. I mean, I just did my best to hope that all the good things I'd done in my life would like outweigh all the terrible things I did. Because I knew that if the good things outweighed the bad things, I would make it into heaven. Now, what about you? Do you ever share any of these fears? Are you worried about what might happen to you after you die? If you were to walk outside later today, and get hit by a bus, heaven forbid, and die, do you think you would go to heaven? I guess I I can also ask it like this. Like, what percentage would you put your chances of making it into heaven? Like, what are those chances? Is it 50%? 75%? 98%? What's the percentage? How sure are you really? Now, here's where things get a little crazy. Depending on where you are, In your journey, the answer to this percentage question should be easy. You should be answering 100% or 0%. Now, to answer that question with this level of confidence, you need to understand what it takes to get into heaven and what things are good but don't necessarily get you there. And that's where this series, Heaven and Holiness, is going to be talking about. That's what they're going to be talking about every single week. Now, for us to understand what gets us into heaven, we need to understand what keeps us from going there. Now, for that, we we have to go all the way back to the start, at the beginning. So, first, God created the earth. Then, the animals. And then, he made man, uh, who ended up being known as Adam. Then, God saw that it was not right for man to be alone. So, he pulled a rib out of Adam, created a woman that was eventually named Eve. Now, what's really amazing is that God had set them up in the most amazing garden ever, which was called the Garden of Eden. Now, in this garden, God hung out with Adam and Eve on the regular. They were all in direct community with one another. And Adam and Eve got to see God with their own eyes and they got to hear directly from God with their own ears. It was a good life. It was actually perfect. However, one day, everything changed. So, let's take a look at what is written in Genesis 2 And see how things changed. There it says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you are sure to die. So God wanted them to remain in the most perfect existence they could possibly live in. There was just one rule just don't eat from that fruit over there. Now, real quick, how many of y'all would want to eat that fruit as soon as God said, don't eat it? Now, if that's you and you're in the chat with us today, just like put a raised hand emoji in there. And, and just so you know, like, I'm raising my hand right now because that's me. I would have immediately been like, oh man, that's, that fruit sounds really good. Or I've been like, you don't tell me what to do, I do what I want. Anyway, God laid out what he wanted, Adam and Eve, to live. And that was a life without that fruit. However, there was something else in the garden with them. The serpent. And the serpent wanted the people to eat the fruit. And it did everything it could to convince Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, to convince them their best out of the logic what the serpent was telling them. So they also told the serpent what God had told them about dying, right? Like, well, if we eat it, we're going to die. So let's go back to Genesis to see how the serpent responds. There it says, You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves." All right, let's break down the situation. God says don't eat the fruit. The serpent says to eat the fruit. So Eve eats the fruit first, then hands it over to Adam, and he eats as well. Quick aside. For all of you that are like, nice work, Eve. Adam was there the entire time and didn't say a dang thing. Okay? At any point in this, Adam could have said, I don't know, anything. Anything to get them away from the serpent. But Adam didn't do anything. He just chose to ate the fruit. He had all the info he needed to make the right decision. He just chose wrong. Eve had to get talked into eating this fruit, but Adam didn't even need that. He could do it all by himself. He did what he wanted. And just so we're clear, Adam messed up just as bad in this situation. Some might say even worse than Eve. Either way, Adam is responsible for what is going on in this situation with Eve. So what happens Adam and Eve feel shame. All of a sudden, they realize they're naked, so they do their best to cover themselves up. I would also like to guess that they felt some amount of shame for doing the wrong thing. They knew they weren't supposed to eat the fruit, but they did it anyways. So, covering themselves up with fig leaves wasn't the only thing that they did because of their shame. Let's continue with the scripture to find out more. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, Adam and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. So they knew they were in the wrong and they hid in the garden, which is kind of funny because it isn't like God was going to miss where they were. Like he's not going to not find them, right? This just makes me think that playing hide and seek would be like the least amount of fun with God because he's like, you can't hide from him anytime. He knows exactly where you are all the time. Anyways, Adam and Eve couldn't hide themselves or their shame from God. Even though God knew where they were, he didn't overpower them or make all the stuff around them disappear or anything crazy like that. God simply just asked where they were and allowed Adam to step out and speak to him. And it wasn't all fun and games. Remember, God had set up the garden in a very specific way. And for everything to work properly, Adam and Eve are going to have to follow that one rule. And when they couldn't do that, something new had to happen. There was a consequence to it. God had to move them out of perfection. Remember, God didn't want them to stay away from this tree because he wanted to be like this mean dude. Rather, God told them to stay away from this tree because he knew it would lead to their death. Which makes me think that Adam and Eve were originally made to be immortal, right? Like, if this thing was going to cause them to die, then before that, they were going to be living forever. Well, no matter what, Adam and Eve and the serpent, were all going to have to face the consequences of their own actions. So here's how it went down in the book of Genesis. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you all your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles from you. Though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. So this is what happens, Akuo. When you do something, there are consequences. And because Adam and Eve and the serpent all disobeyed God, they couldn't coexist with him in paradise anymore. They had to go. But that wasn't all. When leaving the garden, they left perfection. In the garden, everything would have been easy, right? They would have felt love at a higher level than they ever felt before because God's in charge, right? And he's there. The ladies wouldn't feel the pain of pregnancy. The men wouldn't have to work and like kill themselves to eat off the land. God would have provided them an easy way to get food through the garden. God set up perfection. Then Adam and Eve chose what they wanted to do. They chose to move away from the most amazing setup ever. And why did they make this choice? Well, because they wanted to know. They wanted to know what they didn't know. They didn't even know what they were really going to learn. They just knew that they needed to know these things. God said it wouldn't be good. God said it would kill them if they learned this info, but they needed to know. They needed to hold the future in their own hands. They didn't simply want to just trust God at his word. Anyone else out there been there before? God has put up every single, like, flashing red light and siren warning you, like, don't do this. Don't do this thing that's right in front of you. And you're like, well, I mean, I need to see at least how it goes. I won't know it's bad until I try. So don't throw Adam and Eve under the bus too bad right now because we have all lived that life too. And there's one last line thrown in there before Adam and Eve are sent away from the garden. And and let's take a look at that last line. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. So even with their disobedience, God was going to take care of his creation. He made sure they left the garden with something that would protect them and keep them warm and cover their shame. However, it came at a price. To give them protection, to give them warmth, to cover their shame, to cover that sin, God used the skin of animals. Now, I don't know about you, But I don't know of any animals that are living their best lives without their skin. I don't know any animals that live at all without their skin. So I think it's fair to think that to obtain these skins for Adam and Eve, some animals were killed. And these innocent animals died for the ways that Adam and Eve fell short of what God had set out to them as their best life that they could possibly live. Okay, so that's like the biblical narrative of what is called original sin. To fully understand what this is and for us to better receive the concepts that we're going to cover over the rest of the week, of the series, over the next few weeks, I wanted to, to define two incredibly important terms. The first one is sin. And we're pulling this idea directly from what we read in Genesis. Sin is just simply an action or actions taken that causes someone to miss the mark of the helpful targets and guidelines God has set up in this world. Now, there are a few things that we can apply from seeing sin in action in Genesis. We can say that sin removes us from the physical presence of God. Adam and Eve had to go once they missed the mark and stepped outside the guideline that God had set up for them. It took only one sin for them to have to leave. The other thing that we can connect to sin is that sin has consequences, right? Negative consequences. Adam and Eve are going to live in a perfect physical community with God. For all of eternity. Then they had to leave because of their sin. And then they became mortal beings. Things that can die. Now remember, this is all because of their choice. A flawed being cannot be in physical community with God. Otherwise, it'll get destroyed. So sin separated us from an eternity with God. But this brings up the next term I want to define, which is grace. Grace is the undeserved favor of God shown to us. We see grace on display here in this story, which sounds weird because in this passage we just read in Genesis, we see like Adam and Eve leaving the garden. And it doesn't sound like grace. It sounds like they got punished. But when you really dig into it, there is grace all over this story. So think about it like this. A creature misses the mark or steps outside of the helpful guideline God has set up cannot exist in the physical presence of God, right? We understand that. And it's not how God set it up. So if Adam and Eve were allowed to stay in the garden, they would cease to exist. With that understanding, God didn't want to force them to stay in the garden. He allowed them to leave the garden. Not only that, he understood the conditions that they were about to go and take on outside of the garden. So he gave them protection To cover up their sin. A sacrifice was made. Innocent animals' bloods were shed so they could be covered. All of this is grace, right? Adam and Eve didn't deserve any of the favor that God was giving them. They just sinned. They went against the one rule that God had in the garden. In spite of that, God still took care of them. That is grace. So this grace continued to happen. Sacrifices were still the way that people could cover up their sins before God for all the Israelites and the Jewish people after that. In the biblical book of Leviticus, it devotes seven entire chapters worth of guidelines on how to sacrifice things so that you could be in fellowship with God and offer rest, restitution for your sins. Now, though these incredibly detailed guidelines for sacrifice were for people were able to get people back into fellowship for God, they were able to get their sins forgiven as well. Now, until they sinned the next time. And then they had to go back and make a sacrifice again. So the system wasn't perfect, but it was a system that worked. But once again, grace comes back into play. You see, there's a meta-narrative to the entire Bible. There's one overarching story that we can see throughout everything. It goes something like this, like, so God made man to be in community with him. Then Adam and Eve sinned. They had to go. And from that point on, God wanted to get people back into community with him. And with the sacrifices, people could be in community with God again, right? By doing these sacrifices, by going to the temples, they could be back in community with God again, but just for a short stretch. God wanted to always be in community with his people. So he needed to have a sacrifice made that could cover all the sins of the people that believed in him forever. Because he always wanted people to be in community with him. And that's where Jesus comes into play. Jesus came down from heaven, God in human form, and lived here on this earth with us. Jesus lived a life that was perfect, one without sin. Jesus taught the world how to live. Jesus gave us guidelines to follow, to live our lives. He showed his disciples how to spread the good news of why he came to the world. And Jesus laid his life down for us. Jesus became the perfect and ultimate sacrifice For all of our sins, Jesus made it so that we would never have to make another sacrifice to be in community with God. And one of the best ways to explain this comes in a letter that was written to the church in Rome by the Apostle Paul. You see, Paul devoted his entire life spreading this message of Jesus to the world. And there are few people that can explain what Jesus did quite like Paul. So let's take a look at what Paul had to say in Romans 3. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So we are all sinners. No one can go through their life without missing the target God has set up for us. No one can live without stepping outside the guidelines God has established for us to live our best life possible. So we all deserve to be out of community with God forever, even if we've only sinned like one time in our entire lives. But it's through grace, completely undeserved favor from God, that we have a way back in. Jesus is the only thing needed to get us into eternal community with God some people which would call that heaven, right? Eternal community with God. Jesus is our opportunity to get back into God's community. Jesus is our opportunity to get back into God's community. Paul lays it out so clearly. God makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. That's it. There's no spiritual hoops to jump through. There aren't any sacraments or ceremonies that will make you right. There isn't like a spiritual point system being meticulously kept by a bunch of angels to make sure you are good enough to get into the eternal community with God. There's none of those things. Because there are no amount of good deeds that you could do to erase the ways that you have missed the mark or stepped outside of the guidelines that God set out for you. You will never be good enough to make it back into community with God on your own. There is only one way, one simple way to do that. Get back into community with God. Believe in Jesus. So to know where you are going to end up when you die, to know where you stand with God, boils down to one simple question. Do you believe in Jesus? That's it. There isn't anything else connected to it. Do you believe in Jesus? Now, if you if you answered yes, then I want to assure you there's nothing for you to worry about. You are currently in community with God now and you will be for all of eternity. If your answer is yes, then you should be 100% sure that you are going to heaven, that you will have this community with God. Do you believe in Jesus? If your answer is no, it's okay. I understand. This can be a tough concept to wrap your head around. I mean, it, it can be a little weird. I totally concede that. If your answer is no, well, I want to thank you, first off, for watching this or listening to this whole service. I mean, I would say it's it's a miraculous. It's it's a miracle that you even had the chance to watch this. And I'd like to submit this idea to you. Maybe you are watching this because you were supposed to. Maybe this is like God's way of calling you closer to him. Maybe accidentally clicking on this link was meant to change the rest of your life and the rest of your eternity. So while you're here, I want to give you an opportunity to get into God's community. And to do that, it's really easy, I promise. All you have to do is have a conversation between you and God. Some people would call that a prayer. But all you have to do is just have a simple conversation telling God that you believe in Jesus. That's it. It's that simple. Now, through that conversation, all the ways that you've messed the mark or stepped outside the guidelines that God has set up for you, they're all going to get washed away. Not only that, all the ways that you missed the mark or stepped outside the lines in the future will get washed away as well. So if you would like to do that today, I'd like to lead you through that conversation you're going to have with God. And understand that this can be a little weird or a little scary, so to help you out, I want to ask our entire Akuo community to be praying and speaking along with you. Because here at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community by your side. So if you do want to take advantage of this opportunity for community with God, pray something like this with me. Just say something like, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for this opportunity for a community that I don't deserve. So right here, right now, I say, I believe in Jesus and the sacrifice he made for me. Make me right with you today. Let's just keep our heads bowed, our eyes closed. And if you believed in Jesus before, in like the last five decades or the last five seconds it just happened right now and you want to continue to take advantage of this grace God has given you, just pray something like this with me. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for everything you have ever done for me. I know I don't deserve any of the things in my life. Thank you for blessing me with everything. Continue to let me live my life with assurance that I'm right in your sight because of my belief in Jesus. Continue to remind me that it isn't by any of my own works that I am right with you, but because of Jesus' sacrifice. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. And we pray all of these things. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thanks again for spending time with us today. Before we go, I have a few things that I'd like to share with you. Now, we have a handful of community groups that have started over the last few weeks. Now, if you are interested in in being a part of one, we want you to be sure and go to our website or our social media, then click on the community groups link and you can get signed up for, for any of the ones that we have going on. There are currently six different groups that you can be a part of and one that I want to highlight this week is called the Akuo Run Group. Now whether you have a six minute mile pace or a 16 minute mile pace, this group wants you to start and end the week off with a little cardio and a lot of community. The Akuo Run Group hangs out and encourages one another in persevering in whatever races life sets before you. All runners, all paces, all distances are welcome. This group meets on Monday mornings at 6.30 and Friday evenings at 8 at Woodlawn Lake to run around the track. Now, to join this group, you can go to our website and in the Get Involved tab, you can click on the community groups. Then you can join the Akuo Run group. Now, this might not be the right group for you, and it's totally okay. No matter what, we want you to find the right group for you. There are five other groups that might work for you in a fantastic way. And we want you to be a part of these because we know that becoming a part of one of these communities might be the best thing that you've ever done while you're here at Akuo. Now, speaking of community, we have big plans for for the community that's surrounding us, not just necessarily our our tight-knit Akuo community. So for the second year in a row, we will be hosting a trunk or treat here at the church on our grounds. We're so excited for it. Last year, we had more than 300 trick-or-treaters show up across 150 families. It was so much fun. One of the best things we've been able to do since we got a KUO started. Now, if you are interested in being a part of this, we would love to have you do some stuff here. You could help us by making sure cars get in and out of our parking lot safely, be a part of our safety team. You could have your own trunk available to hand out candy. You get to decorate it. You could do all the fun stuff. You could help us do some fun things like set up and tear down. You could help us wrap bags of candy. You could donate you know, those big bags of candy or you can put some money towards the supplies that are needed for this event Uh, to sign up for any of these things you can go to our website or you can go to our social media pages for more info on this event so this is going to be taking place on saturday october the 30th and we cannot wait to link our community with all of you now what is even more exciting is what we have planned for the sunday morning right after this We're planning our first ever baptisms here at Akuo, and we can't wait to see how many of y'all want to get baptized. Now, uh, some of you might be like, well, I I was baptized as a baby, so I don't need to do this. I I totally get that. Uh, Growing up Catholic, uh, I was baptized as a baby and I get it. You know, your parents loved you a bunch and they just wanted to make sure you got your life started with Jesus. However, here at Akuo, we celebrate child dedications instead of child baptisms. And the reason we do that is because we want uh, to have baptisms by believers. So we encourage that you to get baptized once you understand and believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. It's what we talked about all day today. So that day of baptisms, you're making a public proclamation that you believe in Jesus by getting in that water. It's an outward expression of an inward decision. So if you're someone who just decided to believe recently, this is a great thing for you to participate in. Also, if you were baptized as a baby and you want to stand up in front of everyone and on your own proclaim that you believe in Jesus by your own decision and not by your parents' thing that they wanted you to grow up in, then you can do that too. Like I said, this will be happening on October the 31st. Yeah, we're going to be baptizing people in the name of Jesus on Halloween. So, if you're interested in this, you can go to our website and click on the sign-up link, or you can go onto our social media and click on something there. And guys, the only reason we're able to do any of these things, that we're able to link to our community, or or build events to have people come and and proclaim their faith in Jesus, is because of you guys. And it's because of your generosity. And here at Akuo, what we do is practice the biblical method of giving, of of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first-fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Guys, we we talk about this every single week. When you trust God with something, there's blessing. Whether it's your family, friends, you know, uh, your job, whatever it is, there's blessing. And it's the same thing that happens with your resources. Now, I'm not saying this isn't a prosperity gospel, this isn't anything like that. Because you give, it doesn't mean that you're going to end up with something ridiculous, like you're going to win the lottery. Now, he's God and he can do whatever he wants, but that's not necessarily how he normally works. But for some of you, you might not even be able to a place to uh, tithe or, or do any of that. So if that's you, we want to be linked to you during your tough time. We want to be reaching out to you to help you out. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sadveda at or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to Akuo at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas 78201. Okay, guys. That's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know that I love all of you and I'm praying for all of you all week long. So before we go, just let me pray over you one last time. So, Jesus, as everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV, and, and, and puts away their phones, I ask that you would be speaking to them. And I ask that they would be able to hear your words. Lord, I pray that you would help them recognize the ways that they have missed the target, missed the mark, the ways that they have stepped outside the lines that you've set up to protect us, and that they will use those things to understand how much they need you. And through that understanding, they will also see how much grace you have provided for them, how much love you have for them, and how happy you're going to be to welcome them back in. Help them understand the sacrifice that Jesus laid down for them, Lord. We thank you for all of these things, and we love you. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We will see you at a community group. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching A Cool Old Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.